0: Welcome to Promised Land at Home Podcast, where we bring people into an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ and each other. Wherever life has you, we pray that today's sermon both challenges and encourages you. We're so glad you're listening today and hope you enjoy the message. This is us. Uh, This sermon series um, is is a sermon series that is, um, in some ways, trying to explain how a small little church... Out here on the outskirts of town next to a cow pasture somehow winds up full of people every single week. And I can tell you it's God. But uh, this is a sermon series. We're really trying to um, explain some of the, the culture and beliefs and just kind of the core of who we are as a church. So I'm honored to have the opportunity to speak to you today. We're going to be talking about discipleship today. Discipleship, that's a big, fancy, and sometimes scary word, but um, discipleship is uh, a big part of who we are at Promised Land, and uh, it's why we exist. As a matter of fact, I want to share with you the Promised Land mission statement, which reads, to bring people into an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ and each other. That is discipleship, a group of people who are moving towards Christ. This is based on the Great Commission, what Jesus spoke to the disciples before he left them. It's recorded in the Gospel of Matthew twenty-eight, nineteen. It says, Go, therefore, and make disciples of the nations, baptizing them into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is us. A church that is on the move, discipling people towards God. So what does it mean to be a disciple? Uh, Disciple sounds like a really super fancy word. And so I went into Wikipedia and looked up the definition and found some really great text there. Uh, Wikipedia says that in Christianity, a disciple is a dedicated follower of Jesus. But it's important to note that being a student is of a teacher is not the same thing as discipleship discipleship is a deeper has a deeper meaning discipleship is a deliberate apprenticeship which made the fully formed disciple a living copy of the master wow i love that definition i've titled today's sermon unfinished, because all of us are on a discipleship journey. Every person in this room is somewhere on their journey toward Christ, and none of us are finished until we actually get to meet him in heaven at the pearly gates. But until then, we're on a journey. We're on a journey that's intended to lead us towards being a fully formed copy of of the master. What a beautiful picture is painted there. And the last piece it says that a disciple in the ancient biblical world actively imitated both the life and the teaching of the master. And this is a really important difference here because being a student of a teacher is one thing and, and you imitate the teaching, but once you go to that next level of imitating their life, that's a different story. My wife, Lindsay, uses Uversion, which is a Bible app. Many of you in the room probably use that. If you don't have a Bible app, this is definitely the one I would recommend. It's an amazing app. It has not only the Bible itself, but it has reading plans and plans that you can share with other people and read together with them. It's really, really cool. Um, She was reading a few weeks ago... And we were having a little bit of a uh, discussion around uh, imitation in our children. And, and so I want to go back to that, uh, that definition of actively imitating both the life and the teaching of the master. This is what version says about children. Children learn to function in life by imitating those around them. They learn to speak by listening to their families and copying what they hear. They learn to interact with others by observing how their loved ones interact with others. They learn what is culturally and socially appropriate by watching and imitating. They learn how to eat, how to play, how to read, how to pray, how to cook, how to fish, how to braid, how to draw, how to build. They learn all this, including Learning how to navigate relationships by noticing and mimicking those that are around them. Perhaps this is why Paul wrote in Ephesians 5.1, Therefore, be imitators of God, beloved children. Paul knew that loving and reflecting God was foundational in our walk towards Jesus. What we observe gets repeated and a fancy or and eventually passed along. This is the fancy word for discipleship, where we learn from those we trust and teach each other what we've learned. Who you are imitating, brothers and sisters, matters. If you surround yourself with people who are not Christ-like, you risk finding yourself imitating them. If you immerse yourself in content on television and online that is not of Christ, then you are risking picking up some of those habits and some of those mannerisms and then imitating them and not only imitating but passing them on to someone else. Who we imitate matters. And one of the, thing, one of the things that I want to tell you today is that there is a body of people here at promised land there is a staff of pastors there is a staff of employees there is a large group of leaders in our church that are ready to help you be led towards christ and not in the opposite direction everyone in the room today received a small groups flyer today and i pray that you will read through those and look through those those are people waiting to spend time with you teaching you how To imitate Christ. This is who we are. A staff and a church full of people. Marching toward Christ. And I want to encourage you today. To get on this journey with us. To press in further. I'm believing that every person in this room. Can take another step. Towards their discipleship today. Some of the people in this room. Your next step is to stop doing something that's harming you or harming other people. Some of you in this room, your next step is to start doing something different that you didn't do before. Maybe joining a small group or getting more plugged in or serving on missions, but starting something new. Some of you are called to continue what you're doing, but do it in a deeper form. Keep pressing deeper in it. Maybe it's instead of reading the one chapter of the Bible a day, reading three chapters of the Bible a day. Maybe instead of praying for two minutes in the morning, it's praying for 20 minutes in the morning. But every person in this room can take another step. And I'm praying for you today that as I speak this morning and as we join here together over the next 15 or 20 minutes, I'm praying that God is going to put something in your heart, if he hasn't already, that you will know as a confirmed word from God on your next step on your discipleship journey. Amen? Amen. Let's look at this text today. Uh, we're going to look at the story of the fisherman. It's in Luke chapter 5, so if you brought your Bible, you can turn to that chapter, or if you're using a Bible app, you can pull your phone out if you haven't already, and uh, open up your app, and we're going to read through uh, Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. This is the story of the calling of Peter, James, and John, three of the disciples of Jesus Christ, and verse 1 says, Now it happened that while the crowd was pressing around him and listening to the word of God, He was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake, but the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little way from the land. And he sat down and began teaching the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, "'Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch.'" Simon answered and said, Master, we worked hard all night and caught nothing. But I will do as you say and let down the nets. When he had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish and their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat for them to come and help them. And they came and filled both of the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw that, he fell down at Jesus' feet. "...saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man, O Lord." For amazement had seized him and all his companions because of the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not fear. From now on you will be catching men. When they had brought their boats to the land... They left everything and followed him. I love this story. This story could be a sermon series in itself. There's so much rich context in here. But what I want to talk to you today is about how to go about a discipleship journey. And the first step of that is receiving this word today by faith that you are called. Every single person... Within the sound of my voice, watching online, every single person that God created was created to glorify him. Your life was intended to be a reflection of the life of Jesus. You were created in his image and you are called. Luke 5.8, Peter turns back to Jesus and he says, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. I think this is an important piece of the passage because many of us wrestle with that in this church today, that God is calling us to something different, but we are holding back, believing that our sins and our mistakes disqualify us from the work of God. And I'm here to tell you today that that is a lie from the devil, and it is, it is the enemy trying to stop you from reaching the fullness of your purpose in Jesus Christ. I heard in this very church many years ago one of my very favorite sayings, God does not call the qualified. He qualifies you when you're called. It's that simple. You are called. Receive that by faith. The second thing is that discipleship requires obedience. We see in verse 4 and 5 that that Jesus gives Peter a command. He says, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And the first thing that Peter says is, but we've already worked all night. And we didn't catch anything. This is such an important point because you can work your whole life. But if you don't have Jesus with you, you won't have anything to show for it. It's important to understand that if you go about work without the calling... If you go about your life without following what Jesus is calling you to, then your life will feel unfulfilled. But rather, what we see in Peter is that Peter responds with obedience. Discipleship requires your obedience. He says, Lord, we worked all night, but I will do as you say. And what happens when Peter follows Jesus' obedience? When he follows Jesus' command with obedience, he fills his nets. His nets will be full filled. Your life will be full filled when you follow the calling of Jesus Christ. Can I get an Amen? Amen. amen. Faith without obedience will yield nothing faith with obedience though notice close friends relatives in this story their father was sitting on the beach co-workers all of these people were blessed they were blessed because of one person in a single moment of obedience your obedience matters my dad moved in with us. He moved from Dallas to San Marcos about 11 years ago. It's been such a blessing having him in our household. And when he moved, he had uh, obviously boxes and boxes of belongings that we had to bring uh, from Dallas. And I found in one of those boxes my childhood Bible. And I remember when this Bible was given to me. I, I loved this Bible. I took it with me several years to church um, I always loved the way it just fit in my hands so nicely. My name is actually monogrammed on the front. Um, you know, I don't know if people still do that, but back in the day, that was, that was the thing, to have your name on the front of the Bible. This, this Bible was given to me on my birthday, February 3rd. Don't forget that. <laughs> February 3rd in 1986. I was 10 years old when I got this Bible. So I was born in 76. As I looked through this Bible when I got it, I was so happy to see it. And I was thumbing through it. And I found that there were some scriptures highlighted. There weren't very many. But there was about, oh, 10 or 15 scriptures that are highlighted. And I know it's hard to see probably from the stage because these are like 30 years old now. But there's some little... Highlights in here and and I don't remember highlighting these highlights, but I just wonder because I turned to this page right here and one of these scriptures right here is highlighted in green. And all of the other scriptures are highlighted in yellow. And I just wonder what God was speaking to me about that day, so much so that not only would I stop and highlight this verse, but I would choose a separate color. To highlight it with. So it piqued my curiosity. And and I read it's Matthew 5.19. It says, and he said to them, follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. 1986. God spoke to me. In 1986, I received that word by faith. But it did not follow with obedience. I received this Bible on my birthday, February 3rd, 2008. Somebody take that. Somebody wrote that down. Oh. 2008, I received this Bible. And so I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm just thinking 22 years. See, when I received this Bible, I was into obedience I was hungry. I'd been attending church. I wanted to learn more. I wanted my own Bible. I wanted to study. I was hungry and I was obedient at this time. 22 years before that, God was speaking to me. And I love that because it reminds me that God is calling us at all stages of our life. Even when we don't remember it, God was calling us to a mission. But I just wonder because those 22 years of my life contained some of the worst years of my life. Some of the darkest places that I went to in my life happened during that 22 years. Drugs, alcohol, addiction. Some of the worst, darkest places I, I, I walked was in that 22 years between when I had received the word from God and when I'd actually stepped into obedience and it makes me wonder because I really don't have a lot of regrets because my life is amazing I have a beautiful family wonderful children God has blessed me at every turn but I just wonder had I received this with obedience 22 years ago because see Peter didn't wait 22 years Peter said you know what I'm not really sure about this but I'm going to do it and I just want, I want you to hear that today because I don't want you to wait another day to step into your calling. Respond today with obedience to what the Word of God is calling to you, you to. And you can trust that whatever He's calling you to is better than where you were. It's better than where you were at. So discipleship requires your faith. It requires your obedience. But it also requires your surrender and your sacrifice. Look at verse eleven. Luke five eleven says, "When they had brought their boats to the land, they left everything and followed him." Matthew's version even said that they left their dad behind. They left uh, the Mister Zebedee, John and James's father. They left him. On the seashore. And I don't believe that God is calling everyone to just leave everything right now. I don't believe for that. But I do believe that that your calling towards Christ is gonna require some personal surrenders and some personal sacrifice. I was reading in my, uh, my morning Bible study, I've been in the Old Testament, and I was looking, I was reading through 1 Kings, and I was reading the story of Elijah. I love the story of Elijah. But there's a moment where Elijah is speaking to all the people that had kind of fallen away from God. And in in 1821, Elijah says quite simply to them, Elijah came near to all the people and said, How long will you hesitate between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. So when you meet moments where you are being called to sacrifice... Where you're being called to surrender. I want you to remember that. Do you believe that the Lord is God? If so, follow Him. It sounds simple. Luke 9:23 says, "If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself. Surrender. Take up his cross, sacrifice, and follow Him. You're going to have to give some things up and surrender some things to God if you want to continue walking towards Jesus Christ in your discipleship journey. The thing about sacrifice and the thing about surrender is both of them are going to require you to face some fears. I'll use the example uh, of tithing because I think it's a perfect example. When we give to the Lord, we give of our personal finances to God. And when we go to give him, we have to give to him, the thing that we have to get past is our fear that we can make it without this money. The fear is that if I give of this part of my money, that I'm not going to be able to cover these other bills that I have. There's a fear that you have to get past in order to surrender to God. In order to sacrifice, our ties are a sacrifice. In order to sacrifice to God, we have to get past our fears. Anyone in the house today had to face a fear for God? Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. you got to face some fears. This last year, I had the pleasure of taking our family to Colorado Springs for our summer vacation. And I just love going to Colorado. We've been, I think, three times as a family. I've been about five times and I love going to the mountains. I mean, every year it's kind of like either beach or mountain. Which one do we want to do? Those are the two best options, and I love going up into the mountains. Uh, it's so beautiful in Colorado. So we went to Colorado Springs, but I've noticed over the last few years we've been to Colorado twice and we've been to Riodoso once. And I've noticed over the past, I don't know, maybe five, six years, that I've begun to get this fear of driving on mountain roads. And it's it's I don't know if it's an age thing or or what, because I never used to be afraid of it at all. I've always loved driving. I've never been afraid of big bridges or anything like that. I don't know if it's just an age thing, but over the last four or five years I, I found myself starting to get a little bit nervous, my grip being a little bit tighter, and my breathing a little bit more shallow, maybe a little sweaty feeling. So I was a little nervous about going to Colorado this year because I was like Man, am I going to have to, you know, drive on one of these mountain roads? And so we get to Colorado Springs and avoided all the, you know, really, really scary uh, roads. Um, And we got there and we, we started planning out our week. And the first thing that we planned was Cave of the Winds. And this was intentional because I felt like maybe we could go down into a cave and I wouldn't have to drive up a mountain. And so I was kind of like, okay, we'll start easy and kind of work our way into it. Um, And so we we go to Cave of the Winds, and we're driving there, and I'm feeling, okay, this is pretty good. We're not going to have to get up Pikes Peak to get there. And there's an exit off the highway, and it's like Cave of the Winds right here. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to pull off right here, and we're going to park, and we're going to go in. Well, I pull off the road, and I turn right, and guess what? There's this road full of hairpin turns up the side of a mountain with no guardrails. And so I'm driving, and my, my, I'm starting to grip the steering wheel tight, and I'm, like, looking over the side. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I got to look at the road. Don't look over there. Of course, we had three kids in the car with us, so all the kids are getting excited. And they're like, ooh, look at how far that drop-off is, and that's the top of a tree. And I'm like, can you guys be quiet? And I have to be honest, I mean, there was probably more than one four-letter word that came out that day. I'm just saying, and my my wife is like, I'm, I'm like looking out, my wife's like, you need to keep your eyes on the road. And I'm like, I'm looking forward, I'm looking at her, and then she's looking down, she's like, oh my God, I can't look. And I'm like, can y'all just be quiet? So we, we made it up the side of the mountain without driving off the side and dying. And we get to the cave. We park like on the edge of the mountain. So scary. Beautiful pictures. But we go into the cave and everything's cool. It's, you, know, you know, relax a little bit down there. Kind of shake it off. And I'm feeling better. And I'm feeling like, okay, this I can handle this. This will be all right. And the whole time I'm thinking i got to drive back down that road, right? <laughs> but I'm starting to relax a little bit. And then we come out of the cave and, and the kids are like, dad, let's go see some of the other stuff. Well, what I didn't know was there's multiple other attractions at Cave of the Winds. It's not just a cave. It's actually a cave that sits on the side of like a 700-foot canyon. And over that 700-foot canyon, they have a ride called the Terror Dactyl, which is a swing that drops you off the side of the cliff. And you know my kids wanted to go ride that, right? They're like, Dad, we can, let's go ride that. I'm like, no, we're not riding that one. Well, the next one is like a, um, it's like a cable, what do you call it, like a, a zip line, that's right, zip line, like a two-seater zip line with nothing to hold on to. I looked at it kind of close, I was like, if there was like something to hold on to, I might be able to do it, but I, I just can't. So we didn't do the zip line across the canyon, and they wouldn't do it without me, so I kind of felt bad, and we came to the last option which is the wind walker. And I have a picture of the wind walker. And so on this particular thing, you strap in with a harness and you go up three stories. It doesn't look all that scary from the ground, right? And so I'm like, okay, I, I think we can do that. Like, that'll be okay. And so we get in line and we pay or whatever. And, and you know, we're kind of looking up at this tower thinking, man, this is I'm starting to think, this is kind of looking a little bit scary, but I think I can handle this. I think it's going to be okay. And I get up on the very first level. You see the brown, like, like stairwell going up. It's not actually a stairwell. It's like a piece of wood. It's like a piece of plastic wood. And so I strap in. I start walking up. My other two kids are already ahead of me. And I get about halfway up that piece of wood, and the wood is sinking down. And it's moving left and right. And I'm starting to, I'm, I can't even get up the stairs, much less doing in this other crazy stuff. Jump to the next picture for me. So you can see, like, once you get up there, this is what you're walking across. And, and those are pieces of wood that are suspended by rope. So when you step on them, they move. And so we get up there, and we're starting to go, we're starting to go. My kids are starting to go around, and I'm, I'm, I'm like, freaking out at this point. You know, this is like, it, it's, it's high up. But on top of that, jump to the next picture. It's also hanging over the side of the cliff. (laughs) And so, like, I'm like, I just don't know if I can do this. This is so terrifying. And we get up there and, you know, kind of the kids start going. And then jump to the next picture for me. So on every corner, I swear that looks like Pastor Will. On every one of the corners, there's these little bitty platforms, and that guy's sitting there smiling all happy and everything. That's not what I looked like, okay? I was like, the, the problem with this is there's like 30 other people on the attraction with you, and so every time you want to go walk across one of those ropes, you got to wait for the next person to go, and then they walk around you, and you have to walk around them, and I'm like, I just want to hold onto the pole and like shake. That's, that's all I want to do is just hold onto the pole and shake. So I got up there, and I'm, I reached this point where I needed to make a decision that I was going to go ahead and do this. And so I had my, my climbing harness on, and I kind of stood there on the corner, and I kind of lowered myself to see if my harness was really going to hold me, right? And I'd, like, pull on the rope, jerk it each side. I'm like, is this, is this really going to work? Oh, this is great right here. See in the very bottom corner, that round bar? So you walk across that, that round bar, and it's spinning as you're walking across it. I, I did not walk across that one. I'm just telling you. But I reached this point where I, either I was going to have to turn around and chicken out in front of my kids, which I ain't going to do. Or I got to walk across this thing. So I checked, I checked my harness and I took a step. A step of faith. And I want to encourage you today. As a church, you all are being called to take a step of faith and here's the thing you got to face your fears in order to face your fears you just need to trust your gear bottom line that harness had me that harness had me and I I had to check it out and make sure but it had me but here's the thing for you promised land we got you we're going to help you on this faith journey Small groups are part of your gear package. Your Bible is part of your gear. This right here, this has a word for you for every single fear that you're going you're to face. This is your gear. Your prayer time, that's your gear. Your fellowship time. Sunday mornings, this is your gear. If you're facing some fears right now, just know that, that you have gear and we're going to help you at Promised Land. We, we are about helping you take this journey. This is why we all are here and exist, We have leaders all over this room ready to help you take those next steps. Proverbs 9.25 says, The fear of a man brings a snare, but he who trusts in the Lord will be exalted. Aside from your gear, Jesus Christ is walking on this journey with you the whole way. The creator of the universe, the one who came down died on a cross and fooled everyone when he was resurrected from the grave and ascended to heaven he's walking with you he's walking with you so you can face those fears the last thing i want to share with you guys is a couple of homework assignments actually um matthew 10 1 through 9 Is a great passage. Write that down if you're taking notes. Matthew 10, 1 through 9. Go and read it this week. We don't have time to go through it today, but Jesus, quite simply, he calls the disciples. He anoints the disciples, and then he sends the disciples, and he sends them with a bunch of teaching before he goes to trust him that it's going to be okay. He gives them instruction. Jesus is going to walk on this journey with you. The second passage I'd like you to check out is John 21. I think this one's really important because um, as you go down this discipleship journey, don't look back. Don't look back to the old self. It's really important that we don't do that. In John 21, we find that Jesus has already died and been resurrected and was beginning to appear in different places. And there was this time of confusion among the disciples And they were confused about what was going on. And they were scared and they were kind of locked up in rooms and trying to lay low. And we find that the disciples went right back to their old identity. They're out there on the lake fishing. They didn't go out and preach the gospel to the nations. They went back to their old identity. And Jesus knew this was going to happen, so he appeared on the beach in a different form that they didn't recognize right off the bat and he kind of waved over to him and he said, hey guys, cast your nets on the other side of the ship for a catch. And they cast their nets and guess what? They filled up their boats with fish. And Peter knew immediately that it was Jesus and he stripped off his garments and he dove in the ocean and swam up to the shore. And they had this wonderful moment of fellowship. But there's two things that are really important in this passage. One, don't go back to the old self. If you're going to take steps toward Jesus Christ, don't don't look back over your shoulder. Don't go and return to the person that you used to be. Stay on your discipleship path. Number two, notice that the disciples did stick together. It's gonna require faith, it's gonna require obedience, it's gonna require surrender, it's gonna require sacrifice, but more than anything, it's gonna require community and other people in your life. As you came in the door today, everyone received our small group flyer. We are so excited about launching, I think, 48 small groups this semester. It's the most small groups that we've ever launched. So amazing. Um, There's a small group here for just about everything. There's interest groups. There's outreach missions groups. There's book study groups, men's groups, women's groups, family groups, parents groups, kids groups. Get into a small group with us this semester. We're kicking these off tomorrow. I want you to go home and pray about this as a family together and get in one of these groups Because all these things that I'm talking about to you today, facing your fears and surrender, all that stuff is super scary if you're trying to do it on your own. Don't do life alone. Don't do discipleship alone. Join in with a group of other people, other believers, who are going to follow Jesus Christ and lead you towards him. Amen? Amen. The last thing I want to share with you is a, a, a quote from a man by the name of William Carey. William Carey was a pastor and a missionary who lived in 1761 and and died in 1834. He's known as the father of modern missions because he opened schools for impoverished children all over Europe. He actually opened the first theological university in the nation of India. Um, We have a school, a university here in Mississippi that's named after William Carey. And I love this quote from him because he's, he's talking about life and he's talking about our journey. And all of us are on a journey. And all of us are going to reach the end of that journey at some point. And there's going to be these, these moments where we look back and ask ourselves, you know, was I faithful to the call? I love what William Carey says. He says, I, I'm not afraid of failure, I'm afraid of succeeding at things that do not matter and everything besides your walk towards Jesus Christ I don't want to say it just doesn't matter but it, it pales in comparison to the importance of staying on an intentional walk toward Jesus Christ would you stand and let's pray together today Mark 8, 36 says, For what does it profit a man to gain the world and forfeit his soul? I want to encourage you today to surrender your plans for his plans. Because each of you were made for him. Take a step today. I'm going to ask everybody to close their eyes and bow their head. And I'm just praying right now that our Lord is speaking to your heart. I'm believing that there's, there's people in this room today that need to stop some things. That there's maybe some, some people that they are around that they don't need to be around anymore. Lord God, I pray that you'd give them the strength and wisdom to break off those relationships. Lord, I'm believing today that in this house there's people that are ensnared in addiction to alcohol and drugs and pornography and lust of the world's. I'm praying right now in the name of Jesus for people to have the strength and the courage to face those fears and to drop those things behind them, Lord God. I pray for chains to be broken. I'm believing that there's people in this room today that their next step is simply not fighting with their spouse anymore. There's people here that just need to make a decision that I'm not gonna fight with people that I love anymore. I'm not gonna fight with my family, my children. There's people that just need to take that step today. I'm believing right now in the name of Jesus that there's people that need to step into a life of not hating other people. I'm believing today that there's people in this room that, that are being called to start something. Join a small group. Lead a small group. Join a Bible study. Begin to work in missions. Attend church regularly. Read the Bible daily. Pray five minutes a day. Pray ten minutes a day. I'm believing there's people in this room that are far down that discipleship path, that it's time for you to turn around and look back at some of the folks behind you and reach a hand out and help them, Lord God. I'm praying that there's people here that would be called to mentor young Christians, that there's people here that would be called to just love on people, go have coffee with them, go have a lunch with them, just fellowship together. There's people in this room that are called to just open their home to invite other Christians to come have a meal together, Lord God, I'm praying. I'm praying that you will speak to each person in this room about their next step, Lord God. There may be people in this room today that are ready to take the next step, which is accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior. And don't don't hesitate. This is this is the moment. This, this moment has led up to this for a reason. Maybe you're online right now and you just tuned in and, and you've been feeling called. This is the moment. You can surrender to God. It's really easy. You just say this prayer. You say, Lord, I admit that I'm a sinner. Lord God, I, I believe that your son Jesus Christ was sent as a sacrifice to cover a lifelong path of sin, Lord God. That that his death was the sacrifice his blood is what covers every mistake I've ever made every mistake I'm making and every mistake I ever will make Lord God that Jesus covers I believe that your son was sent to die on that cross as my sacrifice to cover my mistakes And I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior today. In the name of Jesus, I will be your follower. I let you into my heart. I give you the the seat of the throne of my heart. And Lord God, I will fix my eyes on you and follow you all of the days of my life. And as a result, I will see you in heaven and I will live an eternal life. By the name of Jesus, I pray. For everyone else in the room, I just pray for increased faith. I pray for increased obedience. I pray for surrender and increased courage to face your fears. Take your next step in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget we want to connect with you. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube by searching Promised Land San Marcus, on Instagram at PSM Church, or on our website, psmchurch.com. Thanks again for listening to the Promised Land at Home podcast.